Today is, I guess we go back to basics today, right? Back to franchise basics. That's why we call this the franchise for dummies part one. I'm, I'm a dummy. Are you a dummy? Every day we're learning, right? Absolutely. And what, you know, so this is the reset. Today, we're going to go back to basics and really it comes from the great return, right? The foundation there. Holy, we're, we're coming up. We're, we're at a year since COVID stuff started. Uh, so now let's let's set up the foundation for what you need to do as a brand to sell your next franchise. All right, so if you're finding this uh, within our Franex website, coming soon, coming soon, coming soon. Uh, here are the four key points that you're going to find. Charles, we can break down a few of the to-dos within each of these and frame this because we're going to be talking about these over the next six weeks. So the six steps are evaluate your growth assets, understand your franchise persona, sales data, and analytics, own and align uh, and tell your story, set your sales goals and budget, deploy your marketing and broker relations, and set your rocks. That's how we approached the great return when we did this conference uh, almost a year ago. Um, so Charles, you wanna you wanna give a few to-dos uh, under each. So let's start with number one, which is evaluate your growth assets. What are yeah. those, how do you do it? Nick, if I could, let's just start back with a story, which is, it comes up often. I'm ready to sell franchises. You know, what are the best next steps or, I'll get an email like we're ready to go. Should we be working with brokers or, hey, ready to go. We hired a company. They're going to run some digital ads for us. Or we hired a PR company. Or we were paying for some advertising with a broker network, right? Those are the types of conversations that come up, whether that you've sold one franchise or a hundred. Question becomes, how do you accelerate that? How do you build for sustainable growth? Where I'm saying, where's a franchisor, you have independence, you have good flow in, qualified leads, you're growing, and you're not a victim of, hey, I have to pay this, I'm not getting good ROI on that, because it turns out there's no bad marketing sales channel, in my opinion, there's no bad anything, it's you may not be ready for franchise sales. You may not be doing the right thing. You may be working with the wrong vendor. My biggest issue is you don't have your foundation set. And so um, back to the great return, those six items you brought up, if you don't have these six buckets covered, you really shouldn't be marketing your franchise, or at least you should know you're going to be wasting your dollars. I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a big statement because I, I would argue – 75% of brands don't have those six pieces in place. You say, where do you want to grow? Oh, wherever we can find a franchisee. You say, what's your why, you, why now? If you go to their website, it says franchising. Uh, you say, what are your assets? They're like, uh, we got a great product. So I would say that's, that's the 75% pool. And I would also say that 75% of franchisors uh, have unrealistic expectations because their expectations are created out of a dream versus realities. 
And if you can go back to the foundational part, which is was part of the great return, like let's get back to those basics and now let's start planning how we grow. So I, I, I agree with you, Charles, in principle, but the, cha- the other challenge that exists uh, with franchise marketing is the lead has become so sophisticated that they take their time, they do their own homework, they do their own check, check boxes. Uh, so that person that you're introducing your brand to today might not buy you for six months. So when you have high pressure goals coming down from the top or yourself, um, it's going to be challenging. It's going to become more challenging to hit it if you have to wait to perfect all those things. Well, so so let's go into it. And look, if you follow these six steps, they should be assets and media that's spinning at all times working for you, Right. Uh, creating efficiency. You don't have that pressure. These are always on assets. Um, So let's, the first one was evaluate your growth assets. And Nick, I know you asked me, but I'm going to throw this back at you. Um, What are the primary growth assets for a brand? Um, All right. So based on talking with hundreds of franchise owners, it seems to be the same. Your growth assets are what is your product? Do you have a clear point of differentiation in the marketplace on your product? Uh, Is the vision of your leadership team sound as in not just where are we going to go as a brand, but how are you going to support me as a franchisee? Um, Do you have an item 19? Uh, So can you show how much it costs to get into your business and how much you can make? Um, Do you have a clear understanding of where you want to grow? Charles and I talked about this a few weeks ago, maybe last week, uh, that it'd be interesting to look at an item 19 that was broken up by uh, volume of units in a particular state, knowing that concentric circles uh, ends up being um, probably the, the easiest way to increase uh, average unit volume as a whole. Um, and then we get into territory uh, and then we get into validation. Uh, what franchisees are willing to say, yes, I would do this again. And what are your landmines of franchisees who say, yeah, it, it didn't meet my expectations. Cause that, that turns into a detractor in the sales process. So you have product, Leadership, vision, uh, ROI, cost to get in, uh, where you want to grow and why you're growing there, and franchise validation. And fundamentally, you look at each of those buckets and make sure you have an asset in them. That sets you up for step one. Yeah, and and, and again, we're gonna go. We're gonna have separate videos on all of these, right? So that's. So I think that's a good overview. Now, second step or second bucket here: understanding your franchisee persona, sales data, analytics, right? So. I'll see it often where a clients are just mentioning or were part of their uh, annual planning meeting. They're not getting the traction with brands. You look at their website and it's very hard to determine who their ideal franchisee is, right? What is that perfect franchisee? What does that avatar look like? You don't need just one, but you need to know you may have one, two, three primary avatars right? They're at a different stage in their life or they have a different pain point. Um, And so maybe you need three different pathways on your website, in your conversations to take them from where they are today to qualification on a franchise. So so what I see often is you're too broad and not understanding who your franchisee is. So that in the second step, understanding your franchisee persona, you know, we did a, you did a whole masterclass on Google Analytics and sales data. That's critical, right? So if a prime market is Texas, 
Maybe you should be focusing all your resources on the Texas market, looking at your analytics, finding out where your website has strength or questions people are asking and really hone in on, on that aspect of your growth. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a few things. One is, uh, I don't know that any personality test is going to give you a sense of who your franchisee is and how you relate to successful franchisees. I think that's a, that's a tool that can help you though, uh, understand the depth of who your current franchisees are. Step two is, if you're, if you're a brand new franchisor, you get to decide what your persona is. So you, you go look, take a good look in that mirror and say, what made me successful as a franchisor to even become a franchisor? You need to be looking for people like you that can follow that system, uh, but not completely like you who are, like you don't want them to be too entrepreneurial because you still want them to, to follow your model. Um, so yeah, I mean like, look, the, the data, your, your brand will end up dictating who you need to focus on. And most of the time you don't take the steps to go and understand who that candidate is. We did, we did a persona project with a client recently where we interviewed all their franchisees. And it wasn't just like, who are you? It was, what do you read? Uh, where do you absorb media? Cause that's gonna be good for lead generation. It was, where did you go to college? Cause if I saw an ad on, online that said, uh, Drake, go, go Bulldogs tonight. Hope you make uh, make it into the NCAA tournament. Uh, but if I saw a Drake alumni is a successful X, it doesn't even matter what it is. I'm gonna say, oh, I went to Drake. I'm interested. I'm gonna click on this. Let me let me go look at it. Um, so when you start breaking down the persona, there's a whole bunch of different channels you can go to to create a more sophisticated strategy. So now when you're deploying your budget, it's it's a little bit on par. Yeah, and Nick, I I know we're going through these quick, but I think the biggest issue is just you need to have that persona. There's just brands that don't, you could be wrong or off track, but at least you set that persona, you could modify along the way. Totally. And now, and again, we could talk on this and we will talk on this, but if you know who your persona is, now you actually give that asset back to the franchise brokers if you're using them and say, this is actually who we're looking for. So they can self disqualify franchise buyers before presenting them to you. Because the worst thing with the broker community is they hand deliver you a buyer on a silver platter and you say no, that's gonna, de that's gonna detract that broker from working with you in the future. Do the work on the front end and say, this is actually who we're looking for. So when they present someone to you, they're hopefully matching it up with who your persona is. Yeah, and when we did, um, during all of our conversations, one of the best personas I heard was from show homes, right? When they talk about that, HGTV enthusiast, right? But that meant something and that really connected. So that persona is critical. Or Wild Birds. Wild Birds knows that we want people that love birds. I mean, that, but, and, it, and I get it. It's not going to be that easy on most of them, but take, take the insight for what it's worth. Try to understand who your franchise is. So next up, own a line and tell your story. Want to cover that? Yeah, and I don't want to get too too deep in the weeds on this one, but the reality is you own your story. And far too often, uh, even though you do own your story, you don't do the right things with it. Like you hire a PR firm and they get you all this press and you're like, yay, we got you the Wall Street Journal. And that's the end of your story. Like the reality is how do you take that and you leverage that as a part of your owned assets internally and make that go to work for you? Um, or you have a cool story and you, when someone says, well, what's your story? You don't tell it. Like you got to get comfortable or vulnerable with the ability to say like, this is what I battled through 
to get to this to this stage. So I think it's it's becoming gaining the understanding or, or becoming comfortable with the idea that brands don't sell brands, people do. And the more you can humanize your story, it will resonate with your buyer audience a lot easier. So get comfortable with telling your story. And again, the, the beauty of a franchise brand is franchisees all have awesome stories before they get to the starting line. When they've agreed to buy into your brand, that's a part of your own story. So just understand two things brands and sub-brands people do and to be in control of of what you do with your story once you have it nick just one one thing you said i'll sometimes see the story in one article or in a pr piece it needs to live everywhere everywhere so i think that that's that's an easy pickup for someone that has their story down it needs to it needs to infect or be alive on every media in every conversation Totally. Until, until your founder of like Papa John says something stupid. Okay. But before that point, yeah. yeah. Uh, up next, right, is set your sales goals and budget. I'll throw this to you, but biggest item, um, again, and we're franchise lawyers. So when we do speak with our clients, it's not our area, but one question I'll always ask and a mistake I've made is, have you set a franchise sales development budget for this year? And a lot of times they haven't, or they're about to, and I think that becomes a big problem. Yeah, and I, I think there's ways to get comfortable around your budget. You you don't need, let's say you want 10 locations, then you're gonna budget 10, 10 grand in marketing per deal. And knowing that's a long shot, most likely you'll, you'll end up at somewhere between five and seven locations uh, done for that. So you work backwards and you say, what is the impact on, on a deal value back to our company? And even if you don't go deal value, even if you just go in cash, that could come back. You spend 150, you get 150 back in franchise fee. Everything that comes in royalty is, is cash positive past that point. But I do encourage some of the more emerging brands to decrease your starting budget, like get comfortable with how much money you want to put to the side and also get comfortable with the fact that most likely that's a lot cheaper. That pile of money is a lot cheaper than you going buying a corporate or opening up a corporate location. And the idea is that you're going to get multiple locations for that similar budget. So you're actually going to get a higher return on investment. But start with a smaller budget, and then every time you award a deal, add a little bit more to it. Like set some sort of scaling budget. So I sell a franchise, I put 10 more grand into my budget for that year. Make it more of a rolling budget, or a broker deal comes in, I didn't get any cash from that, but that's okay. I'm not going to count that towards my deal goal. Let me keep the budget sound. So there's ways to get comfortable with it, but I, I would make sure that you have cash off to the side because if you go and become a franchise and you don't have cash, cash is part part of the critical elements of how you grow a franchise. Yeah, and, and part of that step five, deploying your marketing and broker relations. So brokers become a big factor in terms of the effectiveness of your marketing dollars. The relationships are critical, but then adding the steps all before this, right? How are brokers going to react to your growth assets, um, the fran your franchisee persona you're targeting, the story that you're telling, right? And then your sales goal and budgets. Yep. So uh, deploying your marketing and broker relations. And then the last step in our growth strategy, great return, setting your rocks. Yeah. And look, with rocks, I would, I would get into the mentality of it's like weight loss. If you set your goal at losing 20 pounds at the beginning of the year, unless you're super driven and there are, there are super driven people that 
I would, I would bet all day long that they could hit that 20 pound goal. But I would be more likely to bet on people that say, I want to get to 20 in Q1, I'm going to lose three pounds. So I think when you're setting your rocks, like off and you're like, I've heard it a million times. I'm going to have a thousand units in the next two years. You better get behind this thing. Well, that's not going to happen. Like it, it's never happened. It's never happened in franchising. Set your goals off, set your rocks in an achievable way, because if you don't, you're going to deter uh, your team. You're going to turn off the brokers. You're going to turn off your franchisees. If you go unrealistic on these things, because there is a trickle down on the way the rocks work. No, I, you know, and as you're looking at those rocks, I mean, the other exercises of backcasting and, you know, um, they're just so critical. I think, as a community, when we had the great return, I think it was in May last year, um, big community event, everyone came together, all these goals were put out there. And now as I look backwards at, at all the advice and backcasting and the rocks, I mean, I don't think we would have survived this year without setting those goals. So for the fr franchisors, startup existing, I mean, you need to get those rocks down. You need to combine all these metrics. So that's the overview of the framework and the framework wasn't born from us, it was that community event. So Nick, just overview how we're gonna handle this. I mean, maybe it's not every week, but we're gonna fill in the gaps on all of these items, right? Yeah, we're gonna have conversations around these things. So, and to simplify this for, for anybody that's made it to the end of here, here's how you do it. You set your goal, how many, how many units do you wanna sell? Are you selling your next franchise? Or are you selling your next 10? You back that up with the right story assets and you back it up with the right budget. Now you go to work. Like. That's, that's what we're, we're getting to. Like you, you set your goal, you set your rocks, you budget accordingly, and you make sure you have assets. With those three things, like we're not telling you that it's going to be super challenging to get to the starting line. We're telling you like go back and look, take a glance, like a, a above, above uh, in the air glance of, of what your brand looks like, then deploy uh, the right way. And – Become an expert. I don't know. We need a better close. You got you got close ideas? Put it in our comments. Maybe we'll do it. I go like this. Charles sometimes goes like this. We'll go like that. Uh, this is Fran X. Have a good weekend.